Good morning, LBC Radio. My name is Corey Rosen, and welcome to the Story Podcast. Today I have a special guest, but before we do that, I have some merchandise to announce. We have these really cool stickers with the logo on it, and we got some hoodies coming out with the logo on the front, and the first 50 guests, including today's guest, Mr. Justin Angelo. If you are familiar with the Lancaster PA music scene, there is a chance you may have heard of up-and-coming musician Justin Angelo. Angelo blends folk and blues guitar with brilliantly crafted lyrics that poetically illustrate his deep sense of passion, emotion, and consciousness. Every performance is a unique occasion. You can find Justin at his website, justinangelomusic.com. You can find him on Facebook at Justin, Justin Angelo singer-songwriter, or on Instagram, at Justin Angelo Music. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for bringing me in. Yeah, man. <clears throat> so, what really got you inspired to start uh, doing music? Was it just your family that was just always involved in music? Was it a particular album? Was it just a hand-me-down guitar? What was it? Yeah, I mean, definitely a, a few things. My dad was a huge influence. My dad was a drummer. He's a percussionist. He played guitar. He played keys. So he was a very musical person. We always had a studio in our basement. And I don't mean like studio, like awesome big studio. I mean like mm -hmm. there was always just musical instruments scattered around. And, you know, he would have live practices where they would play cover songs. And I was always like peeking down the stairs and like seeing what's going on. I would help him load in and out all the time. But, yeah, it was definitely my dad sparked that interest in me. A couple albums, John, John Mayer Room for Squares killer album when i was growing up love listening to that um there was switchfoot nothing is sounds album was really good i really like that mercy me's undone album to this day the production value is still incredible so those are some great albums that i love listening to and yeah i think that i think just having being in a musical family and being a family that's supportive because my mom doesn't play music so mm. and neither does my sister mm. so it's just kind of my dad and he was just so passionate about it, and I think whenever you see somebody with passion, you're just immediately kind of, you gravitate toward that, you know, you really mm -hmm. want to, you're like, what's this about, you know? So that was, it was really cool, but it, I feel like I was going to end up there anyway. So when was the first time you picked up an instrument? I think I, I started, I started taking lessons when I was nine, um, and it was like a slow, kind of a slow progression until I hit my teens, you know? Lessons in what? Like guitar. Guitar? Uh, did you ever play in, like, band or? No, I didn't do anything school-related. I definitely had my acoustic guitar. They had a beginning guitar class at Hemfield High School, and I took it as my first period class so I could just play guitar in the first period of my class so I could get through my school day. So that was that was the closest I'd got. I didn't really hang out with, with uh, bands, you know, like band kids so much. I, I just wasn't in that, that world. Um, I sang chorus when I was in, uh, like, middle school and elementary school and stuff, but... I didn't keep it going through high school. So what uh, what did you do with that talent? Did you let it go to the side? If maybe you went to college, or what did you do from there? Definitely not. I didn't let it go to the side at all. It, it just became like a thing where I just found myself like blowing off my friends to just sit in my room and play. And then I ended up getting in some metal bands. I got into a couple Christian metal bands. And then... Um, that was cool. Like, I played in a bunch of metal bands. We did shows, and it was a really cool community. I liked it. It was very much like the skater community that I was from, just, like, people you don't know that are, like, become your second family, and I loved that. Um, 
but just being in bands at that level became like a a difficult thing for me to keep going for a long period of time. So I kind of just started like just kept writing acoustic songs while I was doing this stuff the whole time, and then eventually it just got to the point where I could go out and play a show, and mm. I just started doing that, and then here we are, you know. Was it you that put together the bands, or was it just you being pulled in or maybe asked to come in? Yeah, uh, I'd say the the first metal band I did, um, one of the singers had quit or something had happened or whatever, it doesn't matter. And I got, I just heard about it. My friend was like, oh, you should go try that. And then I was doing that for a while, and then I was singing with my, one of my buddies, and he was like, man, you, you have a good voice. Like You should like put more time into that. And so I started doing that, and then... The other metal bands I was in was just because they knew like the previous things I had done like mm. with the other people around like in our local community, so that kind of led there. But then when I started writing my own stuff, it was by the time I was playing out, I just feel like I was I was comfortable because I'd played it so many times in my room that I was like, what's the difference between playing it in front of people? You know, I I never really had the stage fright place. I never really got there. So how old were you when you started playing out? Um, probably the first time I played out was probably when I was like. I did like a talent show when I was like fifteen or sixteen, and I but I was playing I was playing in bars, with with my dad there by the time I was eighteen. What was it like the first time you uh, by yourself sat in, sat in front of a crowd? Was you said there was no stage fright, but was there excitement? Was there definitely excitement? Yeah, definitely excitement. I'm a jittery person by nature. Mm-hmm. Like I fidget when I'm in a room with people. I tend to move a lot, you know. Yeah. So I, I think there was definitely like the fidgety, jumpy energy for sure. But I wouldn't call that nervousness. I would call that excitement. Anticipation. Yeah. But no, it was it was great though. I mean, when I was done they were like, you know, when you're old enough to drink in here and we can legally have you in here without your dad, you should come play some shows. And that was like a cool validation motivator, you know. It's definitely better it was better for me than if, you know, I had gone somewhere and they're like you stink or right, something, right. you know. <laughs> just, That's not what happened, so. It's always good when you have encouragement. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Very kind, loving people. <laughs> so how did you start getting those gigs? Was it just word of mouth? Was it your dad that was like, hey, look, my son wants to play or blah, blah, blah? Um, I think what it was, was it like? Yeah, I think it was a little both. Um, definitely, I was like walking into Guitar Center with him, so all the Guitar Center people knew who he works. My dad was buying gear all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I need this thing. We need this. Oh, this thing broke. We need to get this. So we're like in there all the time. So when I would go in by myself, eventually they'd be like, oh, hey. They all like knew who I was and stuff. And um, just from being there all the time, you know, and I we hung out in like the drum shops. So I hang out in drums, et cetera, you know, and mm-hmm. stuff. So I knew a bunch of people. And then, you know, I got my first gig at that, that same place that I had played the show. And then I started hosting open mics there over at Shanks Tavern in Marietta. Mm. And um, we were in Lancaster, and I was still just rolling over there. And then eventually I moved into Marietta, and I started playing, you know, all that those venues. And I started kind of expanding, went out to, like, Maryland, Delaware, started meeting people here and there. I was a good networker. My dad was a good networker. So I was just really good at, like, kind of getting to know people, getting to know what the situation is. Oh, I haven't heard of that. Tell me a little bit more. And then... You know, where some people would just kind of let that fall. I would, like, I'd send them, like, 30 emails. Right. You know? And I'm like, let me in. Like, I want to play here. I like your vibe. I like the thing. It's so important to uh, elaborate on conversations, especially if you're trying to network. Oh, yeah. For sure. Because there are some conversations that, truth be told, will go nowhere. 
Right. But if you find that one thing that the person is passionate about or uh, the one thing that just gets them talking forever, that's going to make a lasting impact. And yeah, sometimes it's hard to find. But if, if you're in a place with music, it's probably something related to music. Yeah, it's pretty close. It's it's pretty close task for sure. So <clears throat> what was it like? to? Did you uh, when was the first time you got paid to do a gig? Ooh, the first time I got paid to do a gig, that was interesting for me because I I had heard, like, so many people. Now I'm, like, 20, 21 at this point. You know, I'm playing, like, because I was playing open mics. I was hosting stuff. I was doing stuff for, like, you know, 100 bucks under the table, whatever, just filling in a spot for someone, you know. Mm-hmm. And I kind of recognized pretty quickly that, like, okay, like, this band probably makes more and this band probably, you know, is probably similar. And I'm just kind of filling a role here. So I, I started trying to, like, feel out where my place was. Like, not in the sense of, like, oh, like, I'm better than these people, or just kind of trying to figure out where I was on the board in comparison to where the other people were on the board, you know? Just where you fit. Yeah, like, where where I'm at, how the thing works, and I start I started wondering, like, how does this happen? How does this happen? How does this happen? So I just started talking to people and asking questions, started getting friendly with, like, you know, the bartenders, the hostesses, like, the people who would, like, who were there every week, and mm-hmm. I, like, wanted to hear their opinions on things and be like, okay, well, you're like a fly on the wall. Let me hear what you think about this, because everybody, everybody wants to ask a sound guy what he thinks. Right. But I want to know what the other people in the room are thinking, you know? And I think that makes it easier for me to play in, like, a restaurant because I, I don't really, like, I don't really mind if people are, like, you know, not clapping or not engaging. Like, I understand, like, where you are in a room, you know? Like, what I do now, playing in a resort, is a, a resort player is a little bit different because mm. I'm kind of filling the role of, hey, we want this to be enjoyable. And so now I'm filling that role rather than, like, hey, you're kind of, like, you're at one point you're background music and at another point you're not, you know? Right. Like, and I don't like fighting people for engagement because I think there's something really strange in there where if, like, the musician isn't having a good day, you know, and they, like, want the adoration and they want it so bad that they don't get it, it be- it becomes a-, a tense space. So I try to just, like, remove that entirely. I just try to let the, let the show be what it is, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't really care if I'm you know, a chair or the limelight center focal point of the room. Like, I just want to make sure that what I'm doing is not invasive to what anybody else wants to do. Yeah, th- you know? that, that, that's a really good point, actually. Because um, when when it's like an open mic scenario or like an actual concert, yeah, you're the limelight. And, right. and that's like expected crowd engagement, et right. cetera. But if you're at like a restaurant on like right. a balcony, you're just kind of there for background music. You're not yeah. really there for engagement. Yeah, yeah. The every occasional somebody will clap, but that's not right. what you're looking for. You're right. looking to play good music to for people to eat to. Right. I've met uh, a few musicians that get upset when people eat and talk when they're at a restaurant. I'm like, well, what do you expect? That what are they here for? You know what I mean? I mean, I keep that in mind when I'm in an open mic's a great example, just because there's like people who understand the courtesies of like that whole process, and then there's people who have no idea and just go to to hear people play, which I think is cool because the room becomes a little bit more complex. I think that's a cool thing that happens in there. But I get that, you know, that not everybody, like when I'm an open mic, you know, I might be the guy who plays, you know, three times a day or whatever. But if I go in and someone's talking over my, over what I'm doing, I, I really don't care. Fine, yeah. You know, so long as they're not being annoying and distracting everybody else in the whole room, I don't mind. Right. You know, but I'm not there to, I'm not there to please that individual person or to get nobody to talk. Mm-hmm. I'm there to, you know, expand and and attract the listeners who are going to listen and want to engage, 
you know, that those are the people I'm looking for. I'm looking for the cream of the crop. I'm not right. just trying to get everybody who, you know, remotely doesn't care to, to follow me on Instagram. Like, that's not my goal. Exactly. My goal is to have, like, you know, real relationships and, and have songs about real things that affect people. Yeah, it, you know? it's you're not going to catch them all. No, this I'm isn't like, this isn't Pokemon. This is not Pokemon yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> uh, and that's not the goal to catch everybody. It, granted, it, it would be awesome if if everybody in the room was dead set paying attention to you because that'd be awesome. But it's not the case. Um, oftentimes, a lot of times, it's not the case, and you can't worry about the people who are just there to have fun. Because the people who are going to care about you are going to be there and, and looking and watching you. And that's all that matters. And the right. people who get pulled in because of that, those are the those are the people you really need to expand your audience to. It's not the people that are that are having the conversation not caring at all. It's the other people that are stopping their conversations and looking towards you. Yeah, well those are the people that I that I really specifically like when I get on break, if somebody was paying attention, listening, clapping, tapping their foot, doing any number of these things, I'll drop by their table and be like, Hey, here's my card. Thank you guys for listening, you know. Like, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to be like, hey, like, I'll catch up with my buddy, but I'm not going to be like, hey, man, how are you doing? And ignore the entire, like, the new cause that Yeah, because that's my, that's my business. My right. business is to engage with the people to get them to keep, you know, engaging with what I'm doing because I feel like I have a purpose with what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Some people don't have a direction, and that's fine. Not all people work in scenarios where having a direction is the thing to have. But in my case... I just I hyper focus on those things because in my opinion I call that in marketing and branding I call that hand to hand combat mm. you know because hand to hand combat is the best way that you can engage with somebody and and kind of like you know because you're right there like your energy fields are super close to each other and that's a thing like you know you can feel somebody's like energy when you're close to them you know you can feel like if they're in a good mood or if they're in a bad mood by their body language by their facial expressions you know and you want to get those people who are you know digging into what you're putting down right it's the same exact reason why i have all my guests come in person yeah uh, oh yeah for for the most part um i might have to make some exceptions coming up yeah however right, right, right. but it's i desperately want people to be in person because it first off you don't have to deal with technology issues which yeah. is first and foremost but second off it's it's much nicer to be talking to a person than to a screen well, now we're able to do a little bit more of that, so that's it is that is true. Very good. Even still, it's it, you're tangible right now. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah, I get it. Uh, over a screen, it's it's less so. Yeah, and I feel like having ADHD, I'm way less engaged on a screen than I am in person. It's not as good for your eyes either, right? It's also true. <laughs> <clears throat> Unless harder, you get harder to be engaged. Blue right? lens. Yeah, right. Blue lens glasses. Uh, not sponsored. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> So what uh, you made your way around here, and then all of a sudden you decided to go to Key West. Yeah, it didn't quite go like that, but yeah, well, yeah it was, it was, so it was tell fast. me, tell me how it happened. So I was doing stuff with like I had gone to a bunch of different music conferences. I'd gone to like the Millennium Music Conference. I'd gone to the Cape May Singer Songwriter Music Conference. I'd gone to you know Launch Music Conference, which is right here in Lancaster. And I started, like, meeting, like, just bands from other places, and I started, like, networking with them. And um, so one time I was playing at the Millennium Music Conference in Shanks Tavern, the place that I host up mics and stuff. So they, they post the, the day that I'm playing, like, a show over there for the showcase for the Millennium thing. I'm over in Harrisburg. 
and it's like you know February, so it's like ice, it's cold, mm-hmm. it's winter. And then Shanks is like, "Hey, we're gonna have a battle. We're gonna have a singer songwriter competition." I'm like, I could do both. <laughs> they're like, "No, no." My friends are like, "No, man, you got your own showcase. You're good." And I'm like, no. "Like you're gonna have to leave." And I'm like, "Yeah, fast." Yeah, <laughs> you know. And then, so they're looking at me like I'm crazy. And so, uh, so I went by myself. I finished my showcase. I was like, "Hey, man, I'm leaving everything here with my guitar and myself. I'll be back in like three hours." It's like, well, all right, I'll just put your stuff to the side here. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I trust these people. I've seen over like years and years. So I dip off going ninety down the highway. Not getting pulled over is great. Um, don't do this, kids. By the way, um, <laughs> but um, I I got there and I did the competition and I won. And that was kind of cool, yeah. you know. And they were all my friends, so we're all like really cool with each other. So it was like really not a big deal. It was like, oh man, like your performance today was was great. But I was also at a show. My vocals were warmed up. My fingers were warmed up. Like when I went in there, I was you were at the I peak. was ready. Yeah, yeah, I was ready. Um, and I was excited. You know, I'm amped that I like played a show. I'm like rushing to this place. Like I'm I'm feeling that. Full you know, yeah. Up. I gave it all I had. So I took it home and. Uh, I met this guy named Steve Schlegel, and he works with uh, this company called Shenanigator Entertainment. And so he starts booking me around, and I'm like, man, you're, like, booking me all over the place. Like, can we, like, book a tour? He's like, sure, where do you want to go? And I made a joke and was like, I want to go to Key West before I retire. And I'm, like, 23. Like, I just thought the joke was funny. And then I was like, well... I'm like, my sister's down there in Clearwater. I could go visit her. And I get down there. I'm visiting with her. And I'm like, man, I'm closest to Key West as I'm ever going to be. Might as well. Might as well just drive. So I, I went down there. And, you know, I, 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 like, in the meantime, before this happened, before I drive down, like, he's messaging these places. And, like, I want to play here. I want to play here. I want to play here. No replies. Mm-hmm. So he gets back to me. He's like, hey, man, uh, it's not going to work. So when I went down and visited my sister, I'm like, well, I'm going to go down anyway. So I'm, I'm trying to get in, trying to talk to bartenders, whoever. Hey, give, here's my card. Here's my CD. Just whole, like, two days of that. And then I heard no replies, nothing. And then I was, like, kind of ag- aggravated, you know. I was like, I want to get out of here. My friend's like, well, I need to go to the bathroom, so let's stop at this place. I'm like, no, I want to get out of here. You can, like, you can pee at a gas station. Like, I want to leave. You know, I was upset. They're like, no, I, like, I need to go now. I'm like, fine. So we stopped, and the, and the last place we stopped, of course, of course, is like this dude who, his name's Matt, and he is one of my greatest friends down there right now, and he uh, he plugged my stuff, and next thing you know, I'm getting invited to come down there. I, 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 so I was in January of like 2018, and then I went down in July for five days with a dude from uh, LVC. We did an LVC project together, and then he interned with me. So I was like, "Hey, man, how you wanna you wanna intern and go to Key West?" And he was like, "Yeah." So we went down and did that thing, and then um, I got invited to go back for two weeks in October over their big fantasy festival. It's like Key West Mardi Gras celebration thing. Oh. They have like a thing, big cultural whatever. Um, so they have like a parade, floats, and the whole thing, you know, and so. I got offered to go down and, and cover this guy for two weeks, um, and he was associated. He had won America's Got Talent or whatever. So wow. he was down there, and uh, I'm not a name dropper, so I'm not going to drop names, but um, it was cool, and I got to cover two weeks of his shows, and 
He's like, hey man, I think that you should uh, you should come down here. The, the the scene the scene wants you. You know, I think I think we need we need what you got here. So that was like the first time, other than being like home, where somebody was like, hey, like we want you. Mm. Like not like, hey man, we need more people in the scene. Like no, like you should come down. So he helped me find a spot, and then I moved down. So I so it was in October of 2018. I moved down in December that year. It's like two months later I've moved. And it'll have happened pretty quick. But when I got down there, it worked out. And then when the when the pandemic thing hit, I couldn't hold on to the apartment, you know, just because of the way money was. Mm-hmm. So I moved back and stayed with a buddy here. And, and then uh, when everything opened back up, I found an apartment and moved, moved in by myself and pretty much been there ever since. The West? Pretty much. So what is it like down there? Hot. Hot, humid. I get uh, cold when I come up here. Really? Yeah, I'm sleeping with like three blankets right now. It's but it's like eighty. No, like in the in like it's oh, like no. sixty five where I'm staying. Oh, gotcha. Fair enough. And my house stays at like seventy one at the lowest. That's ridiculous. You know, but out there it's like you know high eighties every day. You yeah. know, and then you know when in the summer it's like nineties, mm. high nineties. Is it humid? I imagine so. so. Well, we in Key West, we have the ocean breeze. Mm-hmm. So if it's a day where it's breezy, it's absolutely perfect. Oh, really? It's like a perfect summer day here. <clears throat> but if it's not breezy, it's hot. It's hot. Yeah, it's, it's hot. sticky. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one thing I, I'm not excited about. Well, I had to buy a bunch of different clothes. I had to buy, like, the moisture-wicking T-shirts, you know, and I have to, like, you know, and I get there an hour before my show, so I set up all my stuff, and then I have to take a change of clothes because I'm drenched. Oh no! But I play at the resort, so I'll just get drenched, take a quick dip in the pool, towel dry off, put on the new stuff, and it's great, ready to go. <laughs> it's probably ready a lot go. of fun, actually. And I have a big fan, set it on three, the whole time. Right, it's great, <laughs> works out. So, um, what, what is the life like down in Key West? You said it's a, a two mile by four mile island. Yeah, two by four miles. So, our, speed, our speed limits are 35, so when I have to come up here and I get on the highway and we're going 65 and everybody else is going 70, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is weird. And then, like, you know, three or four days here, I'm like, okay, okay, I think I can drive 45 on this hilly road. Right, you right. Know? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so how do you get gigs down there? Or are you a, a resident or a musician at a resort? Yeah, I, networking. I mean, you know, I mean, the people down there, you know, everybody kind of has, like, we don't have, like, roles so much as we, like, understand that we're just, we're cogs in the wheel that makes that scene what it is, you know, the local people. And so, you know, we all understand how it is. So we're, we're you know, adjusting stuff all the time. I mean, I didn't, I didn't want to drive back home over 4th of July because it's going to be traffic anyways. I'd rather leave the day after. Mm-hmm. So I extended my trip, and I'm like, hey, I need someone to cover these two gigs. Put it out on Facebook. I had, you know, seven replies within 25 minutes. So then I message the the venue. I'm like, hey, here here's the people who want it, want in, and then they go and pick the one that they want. And then I go, okay, you got it, you got it, and then, you know, whatever. And then they do the same thing, like you know, big emails, big like group texts, where they just it's the venue owner and all the people who play, and they go, hey, so and so is going away for two weeks. Here are the dates available. Take your pick. And then we all work it out. And if you're busy and and you're not responding to your phone, then you're gonna miss that gig. That's wild. You know, but then we also have like rotation things. So like I play like every Friday night with a trio at this resort and I play every Wednesday this time at this resort. Mm -hmm. So unless I call off or unless, you know, I switch with somebody else, those are my time slots. 
And then there's some of the more sought after places that are much harder to get into, like the places you'll email and they won't message you back. Mm. That's because we're just constantly, no, we're not fighting over it. Like it's not a dog eat dog kind of thing. It's like a, oh, hey, can you do this? Well, well, this day is actually better for me. So if I could do this day and you could do that day, that'd be better. And they're like, okay, solved. You know, so it's like that. And then, you know, each one of the boat like places down there, like either whether it's like Fury or Sebago or, you know, Sunset Water Sports, like they're all different like companies that have boats. Mm-hmm. So like I have a group chat with like the Sebago people and then the people who work for Fury have a group chat with the Fury people. So it's like we all have kind of, you know, it's all kind of fluid like that. And then we all pull each other in. We go, hey, man. Justin's been doing this, and, you know, it was really cool, so you, you should try them out. So then they'll hit me up, and I'm like, hey, man, thanks for the referral. Thanks for making me, you know, X amount of dollars. Let me take you out for dinner sometime, you know? You know, you kind of pay your respects like that. But I'm actually wearing a wristband they make there. It's called It says One Human Family, and that's, like, their whole thing is, like, their whole, like, Key West idea, ideology is, like, one human family. That's cool, man. Yeah, so it works out. You know, everybody's pretty cool with each other, you know, and, and if people are not cool with each other, then you quickly figure out that you're on a two-by-four-mile island and you better figure it out. Right. So it kind of forces people to either, like, you know, avoid the people that, you know, you're not really getting along with or, you know, work it out because we all too live here, mm-hmm. you know. And so things are actually really relaxed. Like, it's low-key. It's chill, you know. I can play three gigs in a day and, and not drive more than, you know, 15 miles, you know, that's, which is great. Whereas before I was living here and I'm like, oh, I got to drive an hour and a half here to get here an hour early to set up, play three hours. And I got to pack up in a 45 minutes and I got to drive an hour and a half back home. Like you can see the time and what you're making versus somewhere like that where you're like, zoop, 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 zoop. Much better. Yeah, that's that's. um. Is it kind of like New York City where everything is just packed all out? Or No, not really. I mean, we have busy seasons and slow seasons. You know, same thing as pretty much everywhere else. I mean, in regards to, like, buildings. No, I don't No, I don't think it's overcrowded. I mean, no. Kiwis Key, Key has a restrictive um, building, like, permit stuff, so they want to keep it, like, old-looking. So yeah. some of those buildings were built by, like, you know— like Cuban families, some of those houses were built by like the people who designed like the French Quarter in New Orleans. So they're like not they're not in a quick mood to to, to get to, rid of that. Yeah. Okay. Are yeah. there are there any uh, stilt houses out there like on the water or anything? Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah, you see them when you come down. Yeah, all oh, along all along so... the ways. Not so much on Key West because most of the most of the direct like water to like land on Key West is all resorts pretty much surrounding the whole island. Like, hey, here's your waterfront view. Here's your waterfront view. Here's your waterfront view. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, not it's as more... many beaches on Key West? I mean, there's beaches, but I mean, you know, most of the island is is resort. That must, you know? be, that must be a lot of fun. As you get a musician. long beach on one side, long beach on the other side, resorts the whole other way around. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. That's That's interesting. It's great. Water's clear. You can see your feet. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's something I'm really excited for. Snorkeling is awesome. Yeah, snorkeling is great. Um, I, what's the wildlife down there? Is there bunch, bunch? Tons. You oh yeah, go out there and you see like any jellyfish or like sharks. Tons or... of jellyfish, tons of sharks, tons of uh, but nothing turtles. like yeah, turtles. You see what? turtles, see crabs. You see uh, I see barracuda all the time. I see rainbow parrotfish all the time. Yeah, you, gorgeous wildlife. Well, I go down there and uh, there's a spot. Over by the Loggerheads Beach Bar, which is just like a spot, you know, a little like cafe on on the beach, and sand and stuff. And I snorkel out there, and you can be swimming. 
I went down there and I'm not even in, I'm not even in six foot of water and I dive under and I have my goggles on and my snorkel goggles on and I'm like looking around and I see like literally a school of like 300 silver fish and they're just swimming underneath everybody and nobody can tell because the ripples of the sun and the water, you can't even see them. And they're just like around everywhere. Like I was swimming, I was in the middle of them. They were the whole way around me. It was, it was incredible. That's awesome, yeah, dude. You, you feel super one with nature. Yeah. Which is cool. And yeah. It, and it like interacts, which is cool. That's, you know? Um, like when I like if I go to like swim in their way, they'll like move around, around you, and, yeah. and I'm just like, what the heck? Like on my Instagram, there was a guy who had a monkey. It was a guy who had a spider monkey, like in his bicycle seat. I don't know what it was for, but he had a monkey. I was like, dude, let me hold your monkey. He was like, twenty bucks. I'm like, fine, here, let me hold your monkey. Twenty bucks to hold a monkey. Yeah. So, so it was like the the spider monkey. I thought I was gonna drop it, but this it's a monkey. Like the it, it like knows what it's doing. doing. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like dropping. It. It's just like whatever, bro. It's like super lanky. He's probably having fun. Yeah. I was playing over at a, a dockside place, and somebody had a pet possum. So they put her all my leg. There's a picture of Instagram. I'm sitting there at a gig with my guitar on my lap, and there's a possum. Yeah, and I was just I played a whole song. I played a blues song, and I called it "Pocket the Possum for President." That's freaking <laughs> incredible, man. It's funny. Yeah. Oh, I I can't uh, like. I bet you if you ask that person to be like, "Hey, can I borrow your monkey for a gig?" And just have your monkey just sat on the shoulder. Like he's playing. The monkey playing had a loose. diaper on. I wouldn't be worried about it. Yeah, I, I know, but it's, it's, it's. I mean, that's the point. I'd be like, it'd be so cool. People play gigs with their dogs. Yeah. They have like a dog just sit there. Their cat sits there, or whatever, and they have a show. And they're like, tip my cat, pay, pay for cat litter. Dude, that's 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 a vibe <laughs> and a half, man. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, you get to pet the dogs and stuff. Yeah. So how how like I guess they have to, the the uh, venues have to be super lax with like animals. Some of them. Yeah, some of them are. I mean, some places they won't let them in, but other, but a lot of places they do. You can go out to an outdoor restaurant and take your dog. That's that's yeah. That's fun, man. Yeah, I mean, they just let it happen because it's like, bro, everyone's on vacation. Everybody's in a good mood, right? And, they, and it doesn't. And the the thing that I specifically love about Key West is that it doesn't matter. Like, dude, like when I wake up in the morning and I go outside to get you know the mail or the paper or whatever, get the weekly thing. I go outside, you know, I wake up in the morning just like everybody else. You walk out and, you know, you're on an island. You smell that nice island air. You take take it all in. I go down and I'm like, hey, guys, taking our recycling out. And the guy's like, hey, man, how you doing? How's your morning? Like, he's a trash guy and he's, like, super happy to be alive. And there's, like, tree trimmers sweating, you know, people on the roofs, like, you know, in the Key West heat in the sun, like, sweating, you know. And I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? They're like, hey. You know, like, everybody's just stoked to be there, you know. And, That's so and it creates a cool environment. And, you know, I feel like, I feel like I've, it kind of avoids – you know, the toxic positivity thing. Because there's some people who, like, you know, everything's all good on the surface, but they're really not doing great. Right. You know? And I feel like Key West doesn't have a ton of that. Like, there's definitely its cases. You know, everywhere has, is going to have its percentage of, of that. But I think specifically because you live in a place that, you know, you're kind of grateful to be in every day, I feel like, you know, that's... Right, if you could wake up and see the sunrise over the ocean every day, yeah. I feel like it's good... Granted, I hate humidity. Right. I, I grew up in Salisbury, Maryland, which is on the peninsula. I can't tell you how much of the percentage time that you're going to hate when you're there, but well, it'll, it'll vary. <laughs> yeah, well, because it, it, it might be different. Because in Sal, like around there, you wake up, it's just, granted, it's just forest, which is also beautiful in its own right. But it's just flat. It's not that interesting. It's kind of industrial. So it's it's kind of just sticky and gross because of the, the you know whatever pollution might be around right right um but i feel like if you're like out in the island and correct me if i'm wrong are there any skyscrapers 
Um, over there, at Key West. Or? No, the the tallest thing that we have is a old school. Um, we have an old school old school hotel. It's the tallest hotel on the island, and that's that's. It's it. like is it like the Marriott kind of? Not not even that. Not tall. even that tall. Wow. I mean, it's pretty tall. I mean, it's probably it's pretty tall, but it's not like, it's not as tall as like the Exchange. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah. It's pretty tall, but honestly, man, like. You can mostly see over the tree. They want you to see the water. Well, of course, you and that's what, that's what I mean. Like like having to wake up in a spot where yeah, maybe it's sticky, but you get to see all the beautiful like you see the beautiful water. You get to see uh, all the trees. Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're palm trees. Yeah, palm there, right? trees, tons of palm trees. Yeah, so like you get to see all that, and if you if you really want to, if you're really feeling hot and sticky, you can just go into water and just chill mm-hmm. out with fish. Pretty much. I feel like that's just way beyond whatever because if you're in new york city and it's humid it's over you're sad you're grumpy there are people who wake up and love new york city though I, that, is, that. that is that is 100 there true. are also people who wake up and don't love new york city right and, you know and especially when it gets like the power goes out and it's hot and sticky like that's like the entire plot line of in the heights right <laughs> where it's just uncomfortable <laughs> well there's a guy who wrote a book down there it's called quit your job and move to key west and um he like made it on like the bestseller list or whatever, and I haven't read it yet. But it's one of those things where you know, after like doing it without knowingly doing it, mm-hmm. you know, I was kind of just like, yeah, I get it. Like I get the philosophy of this book, right? You know? And it, it, I feel like my life has quieted down a lot since moving there. Like it's interesting. Like if you live on Duval Street where everyone's partying all the time and drinking all the time, like it, it's a, it's rowdy. You mm-hmm. know, it's fun and it's safe. Like you can walk, you can walk there. In the early, early evening, night, you know, and you're totally safe. Like, you're not. Like, low crime? Yeah, we're not. Yeah, we're really not. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of crime down there. That's, that's surprising. That's yeah, it's, I mean, it's great. Crime. You know, you get people who get a little bit intoxicated, but, you know, w- you know, we don't punish people too hard because it's an open carry town. You can carry your, your solo cup all that's... over the town. So Oh, know, be- drinking? Yeah. I thought. So because it's. Su- went to guns. Yeah, because it's super. Well, no. Because it's super relaxed, so, like, you know, everyone's just carrying around their drinks, and, you know, you're not really worried about stuff, and we have, like, a big no-litter policy. They have, like, street sweepers that clean the clean the roads every night and stuff, so it's, like, a, it's a pretty clean place. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I sort of have to be, because uh, to keep the oceans clean and the beaches clean, that's kind of that's that's kind of their money draw. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, they have to keep it as a tourism spot and also keep it, you know, reserved. Reserved, right. Yeah. It is, isn't it... Uh, is Key West a national national preserved place? Um, the, the the Florida Keys in general are a protected yeah. protected area. Right. Yeah. Do you guys ever have uh, issues with any? I guess that you're not really in the area for alligators, are you? No, we are not. No, a little north, a little bit north. Go north, north, north. <laughs> You'll find them in Key Largo. Get a little bit thinner. Not not as many in Almorada. by the time you get to us. The most thing you got to worry about where we're at is probably like the man of war jellyfish when they're in season. You'll see them like floating around. It was one of those stingy it hurts. Yeah, I, I've I've always been uh, hesitant to go into water during because uh, sometimes they'll have like jellyfish larvae larva come all the way up the coast mm-hmm. and on the east coast. Yeah. And if you get some of those stuck, because they are the tiniest things, you you won't get stung by them until you're out of the water. Mm-hmm. And so it's a they'll get stuck in your swimsuit and everything, and it's. God awful. That's why you swim in the Gulf Coast. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's. Oh, I can't, it's great. You'll love it. I I yeah. For those who don't know, I'm planning a road trip to go down the Key West, and that's actually how I got connected with uh, Justin here. And um, through I'm, Liam, right? 
What? Liam. 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 Yeah. yeah, Liam Galliano. The uh, he was the fifth guy, maybe I had on. I'm pretty sure. <clears throat> Check him out. He's an awesome bass player. I love Liam. Liam's a great dude. I, I I used to play over there at Stouts all the time. Him and I became friends. I played a bunch of uh, open mics and stuff with him, and then uh, I hired him out to do a couple bass gigs with me. Every time I play with him, we've had a fantastic time. He's a great he's a great human being, and like awesome dude. You know all the people over there at you know up there at Stouts. It's it's just great. So I loved it over there. So what's the reason for coming back to Lancaster every now and then? Well, the first time I came back. Um, we did we had like a a studio thing, so I came back for that and um the second time I came back, one of my friends uh one of our friends from Field of Screams, one of our like mentors and buddies had passed away, so mm. I came in for the funeral, you know. I I wasn't gonna miss that. And then um this time we're back here, we're playing we're uh recording a single over there at Rock Lidditz. Or with the guys from Atrium. So the guys yeah. that work with uh, August Burns Red. So we were, we were messing with those guys, and I thought it was I thought it was interesting because I had known I've known Carson Carson actually recorded my old metal band like way back in in the day like oh, when wow. I was in high school, and I had seen him doing like the audio engineering thing and seeing us just kind of sitting there like during like the mixing phase and stuff. And I was like, we're not he's really doing stuff like we're not really doing anything. So I actually later ended up going to school for audio engineering, and now I'm certified. So I can thank Carson for that experience tenfold. And then I'd met him a bunch more times at the music conferences. And when I went over to Think Loud, Grant McFarland, the guy that we just cut the single with, who uh, he was the one recording it with us, and then Carson's going to help mix and stuff. Um, I just I had known him from Think Loud, so I know he could do that genre. So I think it's funny that like we cut like a country, like bluegrassy twangy single with a uh, people who were like metal Grammy award winning metal producers. Really? Oh yeah, and it went awesome. So, yeah, connect me with some of those people. Yeah, it's fun. It's really fun. Um, so why not? Why record here in uh, Lancaster, PA, when I'm not Key West? My boys are here. Fair enough. My Good. drummer's here. My, the people that I, the people that I still work with. Like when I go home, I record songs and you know send it to them, and then they record stuff and write to it in the studio and send it back to me, and then I'll use it online for a multitude of purposes. Whether I'm trying to get it into a commercial or a TV show, mm. you know, just use an instrumental for. You know, some kind of background of some video thing I'm working on for YouTube. I mean, I'm working with them and talking to them all the time. What are some ways that you can get into uh, commercials, TV, stuff like that? I mean, there are people around who do it. I know, um, I know a couple friends in town who like do commercials for like places like Penn Cinema and Rudders and things like that. So you mean in town in Lancaster? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So there are people who do that, and then uh, there's like national conventions. So there's a convention in Dallas or. Texas, it's either Dallas or Austin. It's called SyncCon, like S Y N C Con. Mm-hmm. You pay like three or four hundred bucks, and you get a, a laminate. And if you go in there, you can you know make con- connections with people who, who like you know music supervisors who work for HBO, who work for you know stars, who work for Hulu and Netflix. And if you meet the right person, I mean, you can get your your song on like you know Stranger Things if it'll fit, you know. And you just have to make those connections and be professional. I mean, I have my own publishing company, like, license. So, you know, when I go in to talk to these people, it's very professional. I'm wearing a suit. You know, like, we're doing that whole thing. You know, it's it's a it's a process. I'm sure. Yeah. But, I mean, it's possible. It's it, You can do it. I know people who put their st- – I mean, I've, I've met guys who've had their, like, stuff on, like, Cialis commercials and stuff. Like, just, like, the background of their music. I'm like, bro, that's your song. And they're like, yeah. 
Yeah, I know. That's my song. I made like, you know, whatever. Made this much money. I'm like, dude, that's crazy. Right. See, because the thing that like gets my mind blowing is like when like when Rudders isn't playing like the radio. Like when you like and maybe Rudders is a bad example. When I come up and when I'm like driving up the keys or whatever and I stop at a gas station, I say like here on Cheddar News or Music mm-hmm. Band, I'm like, how do you get on that? Right. Like I'm like, how how do I like get played at like a gas station? How do I get played in like a the lobby of like a movie theater? Mm. Like those are the things I wanna, you know, do because I think it's difficult. So right. I'm like, so that's like to me, that's like a door that's like closer. I'm like, how do I kick this door in? Like, how do I <laughs> you know, those are the things that like get me. Because like whereas like somebody be like, Oh, I want to play in front of millions of people. Well, I want I just want to get my stuff into where I think it shouldn't be. Well, I mean and that's that's, that's, that's kind I, of that is kind of millions of people. If you're going to yeah. get your stuff played in a movie theater, you got to think of how many people go to the movies. A lot. Literally everybody in, yeah. in the – that's not Amish, and right? All, yeah, and all the kids and all the kids, you know, Shazam. So, like, you know, right. before you know it. I mean, I know people who are – they're literally, like, hermit people who just write music in their room, and then, you know, they get 53,000 Shazams on one song. You're like, oh, I love this artist. And they're like, bro, all this guy does is sit in his room. And they're like – What's Shazam? They're like, well, yeah. So Shazam is like a, it, they make a bunch of different ones, but Shazam is an app where, like, if the radio's playing, you can press a button and it'll like listen to the song, and if it can, lo- it tries to locate it with the metadata from the track. Like that's how some. Oh, yeah, so, it's so, like, it, so it's like when you're playing a song that you don't know of. It's, yeah, it's, I just pull my phone right. out. I pull my phone out and go, "What's this?" And then it'll pull up the song. That's right. And it'll tell me how many Shazams you know it has. So it's like, you know, it's crazy. But I know, like, people who just do, like, lo-fi study music, you know, and then people are like, what's this? This is my favorite. I like this. Put on this hour mix or whatever, you know. But that's how I that's how I discover a lot of my music because if cause when I'm out, if I notice something and I like it and I shazam it, then I know later, like, I don't have to worry, like, oh, do I like this song? I'll just add it to my Apple Music library mm-hmm. and then go, okay, like, yeah, I like this. And then it'll suggest more things like that because I'm 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 just selecting music that, like, like when we're in a conversation or something, or I'm at a gas station getting gas, if I'm like, oh, I actually really like this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm already making a playlist that's predis that I'm predisposed to like, rather than like, oh, what's new on Spotify this Friday? Like I could right. care less about that. Like if you can pull me in when I'm at a gas station, if you can pull me in when I'm shopping at a grocery store, you know, I've literally been at a Barnes and Noble in the library reading like a book, and I'm like, oh, I like this song, and I'll. Like, if you can pull me when I'm not trying to listen to music, that's how I know you're a good band. Right. You know? Like, I don't need you to play a show at the Giant Center and have lights and pyrotechnics. If you can pull me out of something that I'm doing, I know you're doing it right. Right. That's, that's, that, I can have confidence in that. You that's know? an interesting perspective because, you know, if you're at the Giant Center with a bunch of pyrotechnics, you're obviously going to be pulling in people. You're already there. You're, you're already, already there. Exactly. Uh-huh. There's, no, there's no, I'm not engaged at that point. Yeah, I like I like the dude who's like, this is some random band from Chicago, and they just happen to know a guy who got their thing on a thing, and here we are, you know, like that's the story I want to find, you know. Right. That's that's and that's the music that uh, really needs to be heard most. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The stuff at the Giant Center has probably been heard a thousand million times, anyway. Yeah, more than likely. More than likely. That's how, that's why they're at the Giant Center. They still get paid for it too. It's the and they still get. <laughs> So, <clears throat> what have you ever been successful in getting your stuff on on any uh, notable like commercials or anything? I've had a bunch of cool stuff happen. I've had a I'm, I'm on a bunch of different like 
interviews and podcasts. I've had a bunch of instrumental music that I've given to people for their YouTube channels, like for things that have like a bunch of views, you know. Mm-hmm. I've done like mixing for people who like have their stuff on like a lo-fi playlist and now the lo-fi playlist, it's like an hour or something long and I just worked on that one track but they put in the playlist and that playlist has like 4.1 million views. So like I'm working with stuff where it's a, it's a, a, a thing, you so, know. But I'm not, I'm not really the guy who's going to be like, hey, my thing's on this thing. Right, like, of course. That's not who I want to be. You know, I'd rather work on something and then be like, oh, you're the one who worked on that. I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, I'd rather somebody learn about the work and and enjoy it rather than me having to throw it in their faces. Not that branding and marketing is a bad thing, because when you know I I market my shows, I market when I'm doing singles. You know, I make all kinds of stuff for that. But when I'm doing things, you know, specifically to learn, mm-hmm. I don't want to like overly promote that because I feel like it's it, it's disingenuous to be like, hey, this is the big moments of every single thing that I do. Like, I I really don't want to be a I don't want to be like a clout provider. I want to be somebody right. who's like, hey, man, this was pretty cool. This is what I was doing. This is what I think is important. And then, you know, some sometimes I just want to help a friend and, and work on their mixing project without, you know. And sometimes about respect. Like if somebody has, you know, a lot more followers than you or a lot more whatever, like you have to let them repost you or share your thing on their terms. That's not the, t- that's not the time, like, for you to go, oh, hey, I'm working with so-and-so. Like the, it's right. just not the time. It's not what makes you look like you have class. And that's really important to me because all the people that I respect and idolize have tact. Mm-hmm. And that's important to me. I think it's I think how you treat people and how you act in these professional relationships, I think that is what put me there. I don't think I don't think me being, you know, like the island boys mm-hmm. is gonna put me there. You know? It's it's uh, and that's a personal choice, right? Yeah, no, that's it's definitely a personal, a personal choice because it's it's tricky for for me who's just like starting up mm-hmm. uh, the podcast, do like questions, ethical questions that some right. people agree with, don't agree with. Do right. I do I uh, tag the person in the promo? My my answer was well, yeah, because whoever's interested on at least at least on my side of things, people who are already subscribed might want to check them out. So I'll tag uh, the you know the music or right. the links. And granted, I think that's just a goodwill thing to do. To but, you, but your thing like warrants it. Like, yeah, right. It's different if like someone sends me a thing where they're like, "Hey, man, you're good at branding. I want you to listen to my song. I want you to listen to the mix." And if if I like, you know, say, "Hey, man, I love your mix. I love this. I love that." But I here's what I did to it. Tell me what you think. You know, if they like that and choose to use that, that's great. But that's not the moment for me to kick the door down and go, "I'm working with big name drop mm. gavel." Boom, boom, boom. Like, that's just not the time. It's much better if that person goes, hey, thanks to so-and-so for helping me out on this. You really made a big difference. It feels better. Right. It's more genuine. And if you can do that without coercing people into it, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's- what you're doing is different because what you're doing is molded for the, the cross-promotion of organic marketing. Right. That's not what I'm talking about. Gotcha. I'm talking when, when some dude gets, you know, a mixing beat on like a – Machine Gun Kelly song, and then all of a sudden they're like, "I'm someone from nowhere, and I'm working with Machine Gun Kelly." It's just like, bro, if you're not taking pictures of Machine Gun Kelly, if you're not actively working with his people, if he's not shouting you out, you shouldn't be shouting it out because he's not going to work with you again. Right. And I don't care who it is; like, it doesn't matter. Insert artist name here, you know. But that's the thing is like, I try to, I try to keep, I try to know like the when and where. Mm. I feel like the when and where is what makes you. You know, right? And, and, trustworthy. And, yeah, and it's also it's a uh, it's 
Because if you're like name dropping, that that then that's a lot of ego, right? Well, I mean, th- I mean, it's cool. Like when when my like I have friends from Nashville who you know work with people on the Nashville songwriting board. They work they like work with like you know people who work on Columbia Records, and they're like, hey man, me and so and so and so and so and so and so worked with producer so and so and so and so in so and so studio, and we did this song for Luke Bryan. Mm. Like right, that's cool because they're just. To them, it's a, a business, right? But that's different than them going. I wrote a Luke Bryan song. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, there's yeah, 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 tact. Yeah. There's... there's a way to do it. And even and and then there are some people who, you know, just, you know, they'll just sit there and go, well, so and 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 so, and and it drives the purpose away from themselves because mm. you're always you're always like deferring right. to somebody else. And to me, like as an independent artist. I always want to be deferring to my style. I, I want the focus to be on what I contributed, you know, and, and I want the contribution to be meaningful enough to the people involved that they want to engage and share it. So uh, what, how have you experimented to, is that a learning process or is that just trying to reach out your, your tendrils into different spaces and see what picks up? Well, like, so I played my first show down here. Um, over at 551 uh, last Friday. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't played here in like, like played a show here in almost four years. And that was like on the spot. Yeah, it was a pop-up show. It was a yeah. day before. So, and I had just called, you know, the guy and was like, hey man, I want to come check out the renovations. He's like, well, we, we just happen to have someone cancel. So I picked up the gig and, you know, I didn't really do a lot of promotion. I was just curious, like, how many people show up on the fly? Mm-hmm. And then, I, and then I, and I normally do lives at my shows and I didn't do a live there, and I did it on purpose. I'm like, I'm like, if I don't do anything, if I just have my phone sitting here, if I don't do anything, how many people pull out their phones? Mm. Turns out a ton, you know. But I haven't been here in a minute, and I promoted it right, and the people who came are the people who I would expect to come. So that's it's different. Like I I do those experiments with myself, because like on the like this Friday when we do Hideaway, I'm I'm gonna do a live. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I already did the test of if I didn't do it. Now I'm going to do the test of when I do, when I do do it, I'm going to see what felt more rewarding to me. Because that's what's going to make me feel better, and that's what's going to make me not go into the situation and be like, oh, I've got to do this again. Right. You know, anything that I can do to avoid that is, like, the best. Longevity has always been the, the key. Oh, know? yeah, that's, I mean, that's the key with anything that you're trying to right. build. It's, it's right. literally longevity. you got to keep... Granted, you can't. Um, it's yes, yeah, sustainability, and yeah. it's a, a roller coaster for sure, and it's something you have to manage for sure. But if you're trying to make a, a decent living or trying to turn a business into like a, a long time thing, it really is about longevity. You can't give up. Yeah, especially when things get dark. Right. I mean, that's not even my concern. I mean, my concern is not really like giving up when things get dark. My concern is like, how do you fix a mistake when you unknowingly make one? That's another you know, that's the tough one. And so I find myself going in the direction of how do I minimize my mistakes, not minimize my failures, because I always learn from my failures. Mm. Like if I dive bomb something really hard or it just doesn't go over well, like I've already learned a bunch from it. But it's like when you're doing something and, you know, you're in, you're in the moment and I don't have a great example, but, you know, it's just when you come across these things where you were doing what you thought you should have been doing and it doesn't go in your favor in like a big way. Right. 
like I feel like how you deal with that and how you deal with the people and how you deal with the scenario, I feel like it, it says a lot about who you are. And there are times to like bend and and compromise, and then there are times to stand your ground and go, oh for sure, no, this is how I feel, you know. And and I feel like a lot of that, you know, if, if I gotta sleep with it at night, so that's the thing. It's like I just gotta I just gotta do what I gotta do for me, mm-hmm. you know. And they gotta do what they gotta do for them. And I just try to keep them in my my mind, you know, because if I keep them in my mindset and I I start trying to be very considerate about everybody involved. Even if they're not considerate, I still feel better about the situation. Right. Because yeah. I'm doing I'm doing my part. I'm pulling my weight. It, you know, if they're not going to pull their weight, that's fine. But I can't get aggravated about it because there's not a difference I can make in it. I'm I'm showing the example. Mm-hmm. I'm giving the example. If you're not going to retort on that example, that is not my place to judge or and or demean or do anything like that. Like you're not doing what you're doing. Like I play right. a bunch of shows and I'm busy all the time. I don't look down on people who don't play a lot of shows or aren't busy all the time. We're different people. Mm-hmm. Like, I need constant stimulation. Some people do not. Yeah. You know? It, and Got to keep that in mind. Bringing back to your point of unknowingly make it, making a mistake, uh, there, there was uh, a recent interaction I had uh, where I, I was just reaching out and I, I not, thought nothing of it. Um, but the person had reached out in a different light, and I was like, I had to take a step back and and re- change my perspective. Yeah, reassess on, it, yeah, of re- course. yeah, reassess it, and uh, it it kind of made me made me think of a different a different way. And um, it's not that I didn't disrespect this person because I, I greatly respect this person, and uh, I greatly respect that he was honest with me in the way of how he felt. That's a big one too. Is that you, yeah, if everybody's giving full disclosure, I feel like the right. situation's easier. It's so much easier than yeah. if I send the message and, and you read and then don't respond and then you deteriorate that relationship because it's you you didn't say how you felt. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and then there's that whole question of okay, where are we at now? And that's right? that's funny that you say that because I actually posted a thing, and this doesn't even apply to me right now. You know, I'm in a relationship with somebody that you know I've been with for a bit, and they're very supportive and very loving and very caring. And I'm I'm super grateful for that. But there was a thing I saw on Facebook. It said, instead of ghosting someone, why don't you say something like, I had a good time with you. Things just aren't working out for me. You know, I think we're both good people. You know, take care. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about, and I repost it because, like, I feel like that could solve a lot of problems. I know it mm-hmm. takes, like, tact and it's, like, bravery and stuff. Right. But, but that's, like, the thing is, like, even though I'm not in that position, I still feel for the people who are in that position. I don't have to be going through that position to understand where I sit on that moral spectrum. Right. But, and that's communication. It's And you can really only communicate as closely or as far away as somebody will allow you. Right. You know, and so you, you really have to, you know, not take baby steps or walk on eggshells, but, you know, you really got to be present and, like, feel the room. Yeah. You it, know? It's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, politicking in some sort of sense yeah i mean i feel like i feel like yeah i feel like the best the best thing the the times that i feel the best are the times that i don't feel the need to look at my phone you know and Mm -hmm. that's just something i intuitively understand so if i find myself if i'm in a situation i'm just constantly looking at my phone and i'm not passing time you know i'm just like somewhere and i'm not digging it you know i try to like bring my awareness up and go okay like if i'm feeling this way like you got to like remember and you gotta go okay let's time it's time to time to leave that you know that's something that I struggle with. I'm an introvert, right? Um, and I only have so much room for social interaction. Even doing this, I right. have to, after this, I have to go and teach children. And I'm well, like, you exert, you exert energy, you exert yourself. 
And then, yeah, then people want me to come out to open mics, and I'm like, listen, I'm burnt, man. Yeah, you're like, I'm not in the place. So, so they'll, they'll, I, I'll, but I'll go because I, I like hanging out, and I will go up and play music. But then I will always be on my phone, and and I feel, I know it in the moment. I was there last night uh, at 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 uh, the Shamrock Cafe. By the way, it has open mics every first and first and third Wednesdays. Shamrock Cafe here in Lancaster starts at like what six six. Seven, maybe That's run by cool. a good friend Nathan Arndt. Um, but uh, I was there last night, and uh, I, I, I was, I was like, you know what? I'm having a break for for a little bit, and I just realized I was on my phone. I wasn't really paying attention to anybody, and I was like, shoot, man, I don't want to do this. Right, right, but it's right. also I don't know what else to do. Yeah, I mean that's a thing, like that you have to decide, like especially in Key West, you know, you have to have like your your discernment has to be in a place because mm-hmm. like you know you'll go out with your friends and the next thing you know it's like hours and hours later and you're like man I really should have really should have gotten more sleep mm-hmm. you know it's but I mean at the same time and it's funny I just want to point out something so like I'm I'm like a semi introvert so like sometimes mm-hmm. I'm introvert and sometimes I'm I'm extrovert I'd agree. it just That's it just depends like where you oh, ca- yeah. where you catch me but at the same time like it's hard. Like I just want to vocalize this. It's hard for an introvert because then by the time you finally convince yourself to go out, then everybody wants to talk to you because you don't go out. And exactly. you're and you're kinda like throwing like if you went every week, people would be like, Oh hey man, how you doing? But it's like it's if you don't because go when you, you don't go out. Yeah, it's because you don't go out and then you go out and then everybody wants to bum rush you and you're like, This is why I don't go out. You this know? is exactly yeah. why yeah. <laughs> It's funny how it like you know you're like the thing you don't want is the thing that happens because of the mannerisms of the way you're approaching it like those that's that's like the stuff I like getting into and go well how do I prevent this right you're like how how do you fix this you know yeah, that that's that is uh... you have two options you can go every other week and cut off your time you know and be like oh he comes in every other week at this time and he leaves at this time or. Or you can go in and be like, hey, man, I'm really not in the place to, like, be engaging. I came here to just, like... Enjoy. Yeah, I came here to vibe. Right. You know, I didn't come here to have a 25-minute conversation that I'm really not in the place to have. And and that, that takes that takes courage to be able to be up front with somebody and, and be like, I respect you. I care about you. I hope you're having a great evening. Maybe we'll be able to talk. But, like, right now, bro, like, I, I really... I just got mm-hmm. off work. I'm trying to chill. And, you know, some people take that really well and some people don't. But the people who take that really well, those are my friends. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't take that well, that says a lot about you and your priorities. For right. sure. Yeah. Um, it's You got to let people live. Got to let people do what they're going to do. Yeah. So we got some of your songs um, here. Yeah. You want to yeah. talk about them? Yeah, so um, I – yeah, which one do you think you're going to play first? Let's talk about Lady Liberty. Yeah, so Lady Liberty was done – um, with uh, Bobby Gentillo over there at Right Coast recording. Oh yeah. And uh, and we did that. It was me, a guy named Dustin Love, who's out of Mechanicsburg. Um, he's off doing other things now. He's a great drummer. Great, yeah, I know, I know yeah, him. Yeah, great drummer. And then uh, we worked with uh Adam, or Aaron, Aaron Dressat, and Aaron uh, Aaron was a player over there at the American Music Theater, and he. Had, I don't know him. Yeah, and then uh, well now. Now he works for the uh, Air Force Band, Max Impact. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, so he's great. We keep in touch. I was I was calling him on the trip up and stuff, but he's a phenomenal keyboard player. And so I went in to do go do that, and then Brendan Stengel from Music for Everyone is actually yes. playing the bass on on this song. Oh wow! Yeah, so we um so that was the that was the old lineup, and then um, 
Aaron hooked me up with James, who I'm playing with now. Whipple, right? Yeah, he hit me up with James So when he had to go do his thing. And then Brendan had a kid, so I started playing with uh, with Bobby Fry because that's who my drummer Jamie plays with. And I've been want, I've been wanting to I've been wanting to be in a band with Jamie for literally forever. Mm. Like my dad knew him. Like they played together. The dude's a monster drummer, Berkeley grad. You know, oh wow, killer killer dude as a drum school. Like he's a guy I wanted to work with. So now that I'm finally working with him, it's like, yeah, I'm I'm sticking here. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where I want to be. And then I found Kyle Hancock, uh, our guitar player. After all that, and uh, Kyle's actually also Kyle Hancock is also on the guitar on on Lady Liberty. Oh, cool. Yeah. So what's the song about? Um. So this song, I took it. I made it like a metaphor. Um. It's pretty on the nose, mm-hmm. but I thought I thought Lady Liberty was a, a cool. I thought there'd be cool to have a. I wanted to write a semi-political song that would make people go like, I don't know if I like this, and then have like an assumption of which direction I'm gonna go. And the, so they're like sitting there, kind of hate listening. Almost. Yeah, like they're like, "Oh, wh- where is this gonna go? Like, am I not gonna like this?" And by the end, I stay pretty neutral. So by the end, like it, it, it's kind of like a thing that makes you contemplate, like, where am I at on that spectrum? Mm-hmm. You know, because I feel like everybody can resonate. Like, I try to write songs that I'll, that a major, a vast majority of people will resonate with it. That's that's my goal is to connect with as many truth people. Is a lot as, of people politically are neutral. Yeah, and that, and so I wanted to write something that kind of like fought on the verge of that and I feel like Lady Liberty was a great a great thing, you know. I feel like it was a great song. But we recorded all on a two inch analog tape. So we did it the old school way wow. and then converted to digital. Yeah. So all the takes like so if we wanted to redo a take you'd have to redo you had to it all. Recut the tape. Yeah. Oh, so wow. we did it so we did it track by track. So it's like, all right man, like, you know, so that's how we did it. And it Why? turned out really good because it sounds great. Oh, because yeah. I grew up listening to John Mayer records, and I'm like, "Where do I find that warmth?" And the guy's like, "Well, you're not going to get any warmer than tape." And I'm like, "I." All so right. we did a three song EP on tape, and I love it. That's awesome. With that yeah. said, that's uh, Liberty, Lady Liberty. Yeah, Lady Liberty by Justin Angelo. Get up. 
Granted, we were talking during that entire song, but I'm going to have to listen to that one again. Yeah, the Latin vibe is cool. Yeah. Uh, it's 